This is the Gambling Gauchos. Welcome into another episode of the Gambling Gauchos podcast. He's Rob Rowe. I'm Kyle Jacobson, a.k.a. everybody's second favorite gaucho. What's up, Rob? What's up, Kyle? Not everybody's second favorite. like Just like 55% of people's? Yeah. As always, coming to you live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio, just because it is the off-season for most sports doesn't mean you can't go check out their wide array of Texas Tech merchandise, or you could traverse the local collection and support schools like LCU, Lubbock Area High Schools, all kinds of sports merchandise and equipment. Check them out here in Lubbock online, or if you live in the DFW area, you can check them out in Plano. Appreciate Cardinals and their support of the Gambling Gauchos podcast. Do you think if you start the show, more people will like you? Is that what it is, Kyle? No, I think I've resigned myself to the fact that I'll never be more well-liked than you. And so even if I screw up the intro, it doesn't really matter. You know, I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it has been a day. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Tell me more. So, man, long, long, hard summer day. Working on the Illinois River. Do you get a half day off with pay? Yep. That's good. I'm going to pick up all the empties if I ever find where they lay. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great song. <laughs> Love that song. Oh, man, it's 82 degrees in my apartment tonight. Because some dumbass left the air conditioner off this morning. I will say this too. Yeah, my roommate, my other personality. My, uh, just hanging on by a thread, Kyle. Any day now, any day now, it's just going to all fall apart on me. Well, at least you have a good friend like me, you know, rabble rousing you on Twitter all day to to make things better, you know? Yeah, good, uh, good best friend, Kyle. My dad, what is this? My dad just sent me a baby picture for some reason. You want to see little Robert? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> little Rob, bro. <laughs> what was that noise? Aww. Oh, so I've got stains on my shirt and pants just like today. So <laughs> nothing changes. Huh? My sister's also dressed like a Bible character. What is this foot? Why? What are parents doing? What do they do? They just send you random photos. It's also not scanned in. He took a photo of a photo, which is the classic, classic 60-year-old man. <laughs> uh, so Texas Tech baseball plays this weekend again. They had a bye week last week, and they play Oklahoma State. Dallas Baptist, by the way, 5-4 and four in Big 12 play. Yeah, they'd be a solid after little... beating After beating Oklahoma State this week. Yeah, in walk-off fashion. They're pretty good. And you have two wins against them. That helps you late uh, because, you know, obviously top 25 wins are important and they're going to stay in the top 25 of the RPI. They don't always. Uh, I would also assume if there's a second state of Texas host, it's going to be Dallas Baptist. They might be the first. They might be the only. Could be. I hope they don't get hosed on that just – from not being in a major conference or something, because I think they have the facilities to host. It wouldn't be a huge ballpark, but it's 
it's high enough quality that and then they've earned it for sure. So TCU needs to finish. They need to win their last two series. Texas probably needs to go five and one to to really, really look great. Of course, they'll get the benefit of the doubt because they're Texas. And then Texas Tech has to sweep out and win the Big 12 to host. I don't know about that. What are your thoughts? I think if you go four and two in your last six. No way. A, hang on. Four and two? I think if you go four and two in your last six, what I was going to say before I was interrupted was that you might be in the conversation, depending on what happens ahead of you, depending on maybe what happens in the Big 12 tournament. Five and one. I don't know. I think I think we've zeroed in on the RPI a little too much. That is obviously a, a factor, but some of these other outlets, like all the ranking systems are not mirroring RPI, at least in your case, very closely at all. You're still number eight, number nine, number 12, and all these polls. So I don't know. I think looking at D1 baseball's host list, they had some that were RPI 20, 26, 28 that were regional hosts. So again, Four and two, five and one down the stretch here. Does that get you into the 20s? If it does, I think you will get the benefit of the doubt and, you know, be at least heavily in the conversation to host a regional. But that's a big if. If your RPI starts with a two, I think you'll host. Can you do that going kind four of and two? Thinking. I don't know. I, ah, oh man, I don't know. You, you, you've, you've been so respected all year long. Uh, but can you go four and two without Trenton Parrish? Can you go four and two still with no Brennan Gurton? Who both of those pitchers are not going to pitch this weekend. If Mason Molina goes two and oh, let's just say Mason Molina goes two and oh. You're in the you're in the hosting chair for the regional. Probably not a super. You probably can give away being a national seed. Obviously. Oh yeah. So I, I looked at. I don't know how accurate this is, but I haven't seen another outlet like this. So Boyd's World right now has your RPI at forty two. I feel like I need to do the Boyd's World. Boyd's World. Okay. Um. Yeah. Did that go over your head? Is that a Wayne's World reference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Thank you. They they say to get into the top 32 of the RPI, you need five wins, whether that's two at home, three on the road, or three at home, two on the road. Now, they only – so like the next threshold is top 16 RPI, and they say there's no way you can get there. So I don't know if if you did get those five wins – would you be closer to 32 or would you be closer to 17? Obviously, you'd be somewhere in the middle, but does that get you to RPI 26, RPI 27, something like that, so that you're in the conversation to host? I don't know. But this is the only metric I know of like this to kind of go off of. So if Texas Tech's not hosting, I believe Dallas Baptist will. TCU finishes with a Kansas series in Lawrence and home against Tarleton, Santa Clara, Tarleton, a one gamer, Santa Clara, a three gamer. They're 29 and 18, 13 and eight in the big 12. 
Texas Tech, because of who they're playing, might have a better shot than TCU, even though TCU ahead of them in the RPI by about 10 slots. Uh, I just don't know if they – because if they win out, they still won't make 40 games or 40 really wins. Need. And that's, that's, thir- that's what, 15 and 16 and 8? Yeah, you really, need, you really need them to lose one game for the Big 12 standings. To Kansas, for sure. To give you some cushion. If they win out, they'll be at 16 and 8. You'd have to finish 5 and 1 just to, quote-unquote, tie them. But they swept you, so. So go Kansas. And, you know, that's just – so TCU is in second place right now. Oklahoma State is in first place. They're at 13 and 5. Even if you took two out of three from them, they would still be – Let's see, you'd be 13 and 8. They would be 14 and 7. So they'd be one game ahead of you. You would still need some help going into the OU series in the way of Oklahoma State dropping another game to have a chance at, at the Big 12 title. Right. But but looking at that, you know, I don't know how how heavily the conference standings will be weighted. But if you're second, one game, two games behind Oklahoma State, who's going to be, you know, RPI three or four when it's all said and done. Is that enough to host a regional? I don't know. It is. My other thing was Texas because Texas is off this weekend. They finish with Kansas. Um, I believe Oklahoma and Oklahoma State finish with either one of them finishes with Baylor. One of them finishes or plays West Virginia this weekend. Maybe it's. Either one. Somebody plays Baylor this weekend. Somebody finishes with West Virginia. I've said that two different ways. I was wrong both times, I think. Anyways, a combination of Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Baylor play those two teams the next two weeks. Yeah. Texas with an RPI of 17. Would you say they're in as a host or still need to do work? Because they finished with three against Kansas. I think objectively... Another team is more qualified to host, but I think because they wear Texas across the front of their jerseys, if it ended today, they'd have a good shot to host. Yeah. And they've won 35 games already with a chance to get to 39, which is kind of a ma- 35 is kind of a magic number to host. Uh, specific so, thoughts on Oklahoma. What were you we going to say? Have you heard that Mason Molina will start Sunday? Has that been announced? It, it has not been announced, but that is my assumption. That's what I think too. And I think at this point you just have to, you have to stick with something. Even if he bombs, yeah, he's got, he's got to be the Sunday starter against Oklahoma. He's got to be the third game starter at the big 12 tournament. And he's got to be the, third game starter in the regional if you aren't looking to pitch backwards or something like that. Like, you just need to stick with something yeah. at this point. Well, and maybe it's Mason Molina's your first man out of the pen if Andrew Moore struggles. And then Hampton's your Sunday starter. And then if Andrew Morris pitches well, Molina's on Sunday. Yeah. Because you need to win two games, and it's easier to win two games if you win the first one. The first win is... Most important. Also, some chatter from Don Williams reporting that there might be some hope for Brendan Gurton. Um, 
it, it seemed like in the Big 12 tournament, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean this weekend, but just that he might be back by the postseason. And that's tough because, like, even if theoretically he's ready to go, you throw him out there in the Big 12 tournament to shake off the rust. How much do you trust a guy making his second appearance back, you know, at crunch time in a regional when everything is on the line? I don't know if you do or not. But you also don't have a ton of other super appealing options at this point, so maybe it's... Yeah, I trust him just as much as any other bullpen piece right now, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, and you're still TBA technically, but so is Oklahoma State on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think bottom line is you need two out of three this weekend to have a shot at anything that you like hosting or winning the Big 12. If you get one out of three or worse this weekend, then it's just a matter of whose regional do you end up in, and you just go from there. And you're such in a weird spot that if you don't win the last two series, you're like going to be a three seed and or like the very last two seed, and you're going to be going to Knoxville. Or if you win the last two series, you're like verge of hosting best possible two seed. So there's a big gap to where you could be. And I think you have pretty good odds to get out of a regional if you're hosting or if you're going to like, I don't know, Maryland, Florida, Miami, something like that. You're not leaving Knoxville, I don't think, as a champion. Mm. I mean, I'd love that series. That would be a really fun series. Frank Anderson uh, how, um, would be fun. How fired up do you think Tennessee would be to see Tech as the two in their region? I think they would be very upset about that. I mean, can you imagine you play that well all year? And then have and, to see Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah, assuming you beat the four seed, which I know they will. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. We have Brandon Birdsell and like one of the best offenses in the Big 12 in the country awaiting us in game two. Yeah. So I I know Tech fans are like down on this team, down on this season, but you know we kind of did that from a, from the opposite position during basketball season. We're like looking down at the six and seven line, going which team is dangerous there that we don't want to be paired up with. Now it's the opposite. Like you're the team that the host sites don't want you in their regional because they'd have to face Brandon Birdsell game two, and that is kind of a daunting task for for anyone. But like if you're the one seed, the whole idea is that. You've gained the benefit of the doubt. You have a little bit of an easier path because you're hosting. You're right. playing inferior teams in your regional. Nobody wants that matchup in game two of whatever regional. But on the same side of the coin here, or on the opposite side of the coin, you don't want to go to Tennessee <laughs> if there was other choices, right? No, I would prefer another T- team. Tennessee doesn't scare you, per se. Nobody scares me. Hell yeah. I'm also not playing, so it kind of doesn't really matter what how confident I am. But I'm just saying, no matter whose regional you wind up in, if you're not hosting, the right. one seed is going to go crap. Like we would have rather had just about any other two seed than those guys. I would, I would much rather be in Knoxville for a super regional. Yeah, because if then, that's the case, you and just then pitch, wear black. If that's the case, you just pitch around their ace, just. Whoever your third starter is, play him that game and just kind of surrender and then go Morris Birds all the other two games. I think you could win two out of three. Because that kid's insane. I I don't know his name. 
I've just seen the 103 mile an hour rising fastball and it's oh, like, yeah. holy cow, how do you, how do you yeah. touch that? <laughs> how do you even throw that? And most people don't is kind of the deal. All right. So that's uh, Texas Tech baseball. Yeah. And um, Rob, uh, speaking of bringing the heat, you know who always <laughs> brings the heat when it comes to barbecue? Reno barbecue. Yeah. Is that a good enough segue? Smoking, dude. Reno barbecue, as you all know, listeners, friends of the podcast, located in Olton, Texas, a quick drive from Lubbock or Amarillo. They've got it all. Tell Aaron that we sent you when you go. Pack a cooler, bring some back. It's all good. I like the uh, the brisket burger, Texas Philly. They've got ribs, cheddar jalapeno sausage, you name it. Texas Monthly named them top 50 in the state of Texas. Everyone knows Texas Monthly has the best barbecue rankings there is. I've always said that. Always. So go check out our friends, RahinoBBQ.com. You can order ahead. Uh, they do run out. They're kind of one of those joints that they're open until they sell out, so you can order ahead to make sure that your food is there when you arrive. Uh, just place your order by 9 a.m. the day of. And if you like following um, food accounts on like Twitter and Instagram, they've got some mouthwatering Instagram posts if you want to follow Rahino on social media as well. Yes, they do. I love the uh, the bacon on the grill post. Mm. The uh, the poppers. Yes. All lined up. Uniform. Smoking. Are <laughs> you looking at me like that? Oh, I was just, I, you were about to move on another point before I interrupted with a segue. So I was going to let you lead us into the next topic of conversation. I, I mean, how, first of all, how do you want to get into this? Because we talked on Twitter extensively today. A lot of people were claiming it was just me talking to myself back and forth. I don't often do that. Um, can I, let me set the stage because Kyle and I disagree on how the Big 12 would most help Texas Tech moving forward. Is that, would you agree on that point? Uh, I think so. Can you clarify it just to make sure I understand well, you, what you're saying? You want Texas Tech to play a certain five teams, six teams every year, and I have more of a free-flowing, let's play everybody attitude. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Okay, so in my opinion, it's better for Texas Tech if the conference as a whole can prove that they have top-to-bottom staying power and television power, okay? I think that's easier to prove if BYU gets to play everybody and Texas Tech gets to play everybody. It's not going to be every year. And you can have half of your conference slate as protected rivalries. Like, let's say you pick five. Uh, but I would much rather see Iowa State every once in a while, Kansas State every once in a while. And more than just once every four years, like you were doing with Iowa State and Kansas in the Big 12 South. Well, we can get into that. You would see them twice every four years in that old format. But before we move on and go down that rabbit hole, again, I want to make sure I'm not putting words in your mouth that I understand your point. You think that essentially parity and depth top to top to bottom in the conference would benefit the Big 12 and Texas Tech. Is that right? 
Yes. And I, th- I also think it'd be easier to get to an eight game schedule with, with, with uh, pods. And, and not only, not oh, hang only, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll get into that. Which Power Five conference has benefited from this parody you describe and has reaped the reward of depth top to bottom in the conference? Well, I want to, I want to answer your last question first. Does it make the Big Ten stronger that Ohio State wins it every year? Would you don't you think the Big Ten is a stronger conference than the Big Twelve? Well, Oklahoma also won the Big Twelve every year, so I don't see how the correlation is there. Well, Oklahoma's leaving because they're a blue blood; they're a national draw to yeah, but, a greater extent than the remaining yeah, the Big, Big Twelve teams are. Yeah, but the Big Ten isn't strong because Ohio State wins every year. Um, no, but Ohio State's a big brand that wins a lot. And that brings the Big Ten and everybody in that conference more notoriety and fanfare than well, here, it's, it's good for the conference when yeah. the flagship institutions are performing well. Like people don't want to hear this, but in 2014, the first year of the playoff, when it was Baylor and TCU tied at the top, that was bad for the conference. If Texas and OU oh, were eleven and one, that's a different story. Yeah. No, I, I I don't think I'm I think you're mischaracterizing a little bit of what I was saying. My my point is more like I don't want Oklahoma to get to play Kansas State, who's seven and five, because one half of the conference is so weak. I would rather Oklahoma be able to play, like let's say in two thousand eight, instead of playing whoever it was, Kansas State it was like nine and three, maybe. I'd rather them play Texas, who is also eleven and one. And if you want to have divisions, fine, have divisions, but. I like the new conference model that the ACC is going to where it's just the two best teams play at the end, regardless of division or pod or let's just do round robin and have fun. So to that, I'll say I'm fine with, in theory, if if the conference championship is not just two division winners. Um, I also don't feel any giant need or urgency to get too cute with this. And like just because there are pods and now the ACC is so innovative with this three five five format, I don't think you need to. First off, the math doesn't work on a three five five with twelve teams. Um, you could do a three four four and play seven conference games. Uh, I guess let me back up for for our listeners who might not know what we're talking about. The ACC is discussing a three five five model where three teams would be protected rivals that you would play every single year, no matter what. So, like, just making this up, but, like, Duke's three would probably be UNC, Wake Forest, and NC State. Miami would probably get, I don't know who, Florida State, you know, and others as part of their protected three. And then the other five and five in that three, five, five is you'd play five teams one year, five teams the next year. That's the other 10 teams in the conference. And then you're in a pod, so to speak, with the other three. That's 14 teams. With 12 teams... You could have three pods of four and do a three, four, four format where you play the same three teams every year then you rotate four and four back and forth. But that gives you seven conference games. And you could do something innovative with the number of conference games played. Right now, everybody plays eight or nine. I'd be fine. I'd be open to an 11-game round robin. And you know, if that's what the TV networks want, which is going to drive a lot of this, then you play everybody every year. There's no divisions. There's no pods. There's no protected yeah. rivalries. But 
outside of a divisional format, six and six, which gives you a perfect eight game schedule. You play five in your division, then you play half of the opposing division every other year, just like the old Big 12. Outside of that, I don't see a pod system that works because it's hard to group teams into fours in the new Big 12. Is it? A little. So, yeah, so let's go down that rabbit hole. I think here's how I would do it, and I'll explain why. Your first group of four would be UCF, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Houston. All right, so I wrote now, on kickcam.com. That's called the rest pod. Okay, you have the same four? Yeah. Okay, then I bet we'll agree on the remaining ones. The reason for that, it gives West Virginia some more proximate travel partners like Cincinnati. UCF is at least in their same time zone. They recruit in Florida a lot. I think that makes a lot of sense. Houston kind of makes sense with the Texas schools, obviously, but really they haven't been playing TCU, Baylor, Tech every year. They have been playing UCF and Cincinnati every year in the American. Obviously, they're further east. I think that makes more sense to group them with the eastern schools. The next group of four, see if I'm still on the same page as you. Sorry, I didn't read your article yet. I usually do read them. Um, I would have like the OG Big Eight, so Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, and BYU. See, that's what I'm struggling with. I would, I would put Oklahoma State with them, but I would want Oklahoma State to be Texas Tech's protected rival if Tech was in a pod of four with TCU, Baylor, and BYU. That's how I would structure it. Okay, and then the final one would be Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, BYU. Yes. In your mind. That's so, how I would break it up if we were doing in fours. Okay. But I do have issues with that, but I'll, I'll hear you out on, on so, this. So follow me here. How, okay. how about this scheduling alliance? Uh, you play your pod, and then you have a, pre- a protected rival from each of the other pods. So in this case, it would be Oklahoma State and Houston. Okay. That would be five games. And then you would play three of the remaining four to get to eight. Yeah, that would get a little bit convoluted just because you wouldn't be playing certainly the same number of teams in each pod. But that's it would just you be know. a rotating kind of thing. So, so the schedule and the way we broke it down, you would play BYU, TCU, Baylor every year in your pod. Yes. You'd play Houston every year from the the rest of them pod or whatever you called it. Uh huh. You'd play Oklahoma State every year from the Big Eight pod. Sure. And then you'd play any three of Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, UCF, Cincinnati. Yeah, I could be, I could live with that. And really, and really, you could play four to get to nine. Yeah, so you would essentially be playing in the opposite pods. You'd play three out of four, and there'd uh-huh. be one team in each of the opposite pods that you wouldn't play every year, and that just kind of goes on a rotating basis. Yep, I'm fine with that too. So my main purpose in advocating who I want to play and why yes. is, is uh, how attractive it is to the TV partners and how attractive it is to your fan base. Because I think, I think everybody could agree more Texas Tech fans want to watch Texas Tech play A&M, UT, OU, and then kind of like to a lesser extent, Baylor, TCU, then they care about West Virginia, UCF, Cincinnati. Is that fair? Yes. So I'm looking at it, and with how conference realignment went down, you're now missing Texas and OU on your home schedule. I would want one of those replaced by BYU, 
in perpetuity because BYU is now the biggest brand in the new Big 12. I would not want to be separated from Oklahoma State um, in any form, whether they're, whether you're in the same division or pot as them, I'd want to play Oklahoma State every year because I think that's like the next biggest brand, so to speak, that tech fans care about. Yep. Um, there was some argument about whether that's Houston, and I'll get into that. I've got I've actually got some numbers on that, and I know you'll like these. Um, would you? And want- then, well, I was going to say, and then you hopefully supplement that with a cool Power Five non-conference game. If there is an SEC alliance, hopefully you get A and M and or Texas. Okay. Or even branching out a little bit, Arkansas, OU. If they'll come play you once, because those are all SEC schools. Yeah. So in my pod system that I outlined uh, on KKM.com again, uh, I, I said you have to supplement this because if you're going to get a good media rights deal, and I think also you and I both disagree fundamentally about the Big 12 right now, that I think the Big 12 has a path forward and you don't. So you're seeing this as a means to a Pac 12 berth. And I'm seeing this as a, hey, let's nope. make the Big nope. 12 strong. Sorry, Pac-16. No, no, no. Pac no. I, I don't really care about Pac-16 or ACC or SEC or Big 10. I want a seat at the table. If the Big 12 has a seat at the table, great. Okay, well, just, okay all right. Hang I'm on. building that for you. I'm building you, that for if you. If you get an ACC invite, go to the ACC. If you get a Pac-16 invite, go to the Pac-16. Okay. Right. I don't care where it is. Okay. Seat but, at the table. But no, if if Kansas and West if if Kansas goes to the Big Ten, West Virginia goes to the ACC or you know whatever, Oklahoma State goes to the SEC. I do not want to be playing with Memphis and Boise in the Big Twelve. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's all I'm getting at. Okay. So if you have a long-term home available to you in the Pac-16 with Arizona, Arizona State, USC, UCLA, and Oregon, take it. Is what I'm saying. So I'm building a long-term home right where we are. I think. I think in the last decade, Texas Tech has been really good at building Texas Tech. I think you're in a much better spot today than you were 10 years ago. But Texas Tech has been in an impossible situation to move up in the Big 12, especially in football, because of their relationship with Texas. Texas always had their foot on your forehead. And just politically and otherwise, you could not get out from under their foot. Now that they're gone, you have a chance to assert yourself in a new conference. And I think one way to do that is to enforce new. Okay, I I don't think you can emulate the SEC model and be successful. Not how the Big 12 is currently constructed. I don't think you can emulate the Big 10 or the ACC even though what I'm outlining is basically what the ACC is trying to do. And I certainly wouldn't emulate the Pac-12 because they suck. So I think you need to try to do something new, which is what I'm trying to do with the pods. Also, I don't see why the SEC and the Big 12 can't have an SEC Big 12 challenge like they do in basketball, where they all play. Now, it's not all because it would be all the SEC teams, but where you couldn't play 12 SEC teams on one Saturday in the fall. Would that not be appointment television on ESPN? All day long, ESPN games. There are a lot of natural fits there. Um, I I think if you... So I'm, I'm not... Sorry, a lot of angles here. In the current four-team college football playoff format, it behooves you to play eight conference games. Yep. 
that's not my opinion. There's data on that. There's all kinds of stuff. I can get into it if somebody wants to challenge that, but conferences should be playing eight games. The SEC plays eight conference games for a reason. I don't know once they get to 16 teams, how many conference games they're going to play, what the TV networks are going to want from them. Cause the whole reason this new SEC exists is so the TV money grows even more. So if they say you're playing nine conference games, they'll probably do it. They might play 10. Yeah. What I would hope is that the SEC plays eight, the big 12 plays eight and that you play two SEC teams every year, one home, one away. Like, could you imagine, you know, every year you're guaranteed to get one of these teams at home, OU, Arkansas, A&M, Texas, and then you go to that same place the next year. Um, Kansas and Missouri, I'm sure, would like to play again. There'd be a lot of TV interest in that. Oh, yeah. Um, of, of course, Bedlam, you know, reviving that. Cincinnati, Kentucky? Sure. Uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, or West Virginia – um, South Carolina, I don't know. that They've got a Tennessee, lot of rivals in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you can get creative there. Um, I think the only one without a natural fit would be BYU. I guess you could stick them with Vanderbilt or something. Yeah, and they are kind of used to playing a, a national-type schedule, kind of like Notre Dame as an Alabama. independent. You know, you get used BYU to that. Yeah, Alabama. Hey, I'm sure they'd Why love not? that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm for creative scheduling alliances. If and that doesn't necessarily have to be tied to the SEC, that could just be a. I know we scoff at the alliance, but like if it makes more sense to partner BYU with Utah as an out of conference game that happens every year, there's a lot of TV interest in the Holy War. If it's pairing West Virginia with two ACC schools because they've got rivalries with Pitt and Virginia Tech, do that. If it's, you know, Iowa State versus Nebraska and the Big Ten. I'm all for like working different. It doesn't have to just be one conference. Um, so if, cause like if ESPN or Fox is carrying the rights to both conferences, then they've got to stake it. You know, they don't care what conference Oklahoma and Oklahoma state are in when they play each other. They just want a good matchup on TV for right. viewership. So I'm all for creativity in that. Um, well, that's an easy way to get Bedlam in and uh-huh. to get, Texas Tech versus A&M or Texas Tech versus Arkansas or Texas Tech versus Texas. There's a lot of natural fits there, just like you were saying. And why not have it all day long? Like 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. You're playing games because the BYU game could kick off late. Yeah, and and that's another good point is no conference – well, the Big 12. uh, No conference besides the Big 12 spans more than two time zones. The ACC, I think, is only in one time zone. If Louisville is – I don't think Louisville's in the central time zone. Um, no, they're not. So that gives these conf- conferences the opportunity. Okay, we can be on at 11 a.m. Or I guess it'd be noon Eastern all the way, like you're saying, for the rest of the day. And same with these conferences yeah. more in the middle of the country to go east all day. go west. Yeah, exactly. You've got your product on TV from the first time slot all the way through Pac-12 After Dark, potentially. And that would be an incredible spectacle for ESPN. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? I mean, I don't, you just print the money, right? And so I think if you're the new Big 12, you have to have stuff like that that is important to more than just the Big 12 teams. And I also think you need to be partnered with at least four either like ESPN types, ESPN Fox, CBS, and streaming services. Yeah. Which fans will bristle at. But get used to it, bud, because it's coming. Let me throw something else at you. I 
I said that the four team pods, I don't think make the most sense, but it's doable. I think in the scenario that we lined out. Yeah. What do you think about four three team pods? And I'll break it down this way. Okay. Because I the, like it. You put the three religious schools, Baylor, TCU, BYU, <laughs> in a pod. Yeah. What? <laughs> no. Yeah. You put three, um, like a triangle of large public schools that all have big Texas alumni bases. Oklahoma State, Tech, and Houston is a pot of three. Okay. And you've got Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. That's a natural fit of three. Yeah. Then you've got the three in the Eastern time zone, Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF. So you'd play, obviously, your pod every year. And then you could get all kinds of crazy. You'd play maybe two full pods, and then you don't play an entire pod. That'd give you eight conference games, two in your pod, and then six of the nine in the remaining pods. Yep. What do you think about this with, with the four pods? Because if you have four pods, you can have true NFL schedule. So you can play one pod, right? The whole pod. Mm-hmm. And that gives you uh, five conference games. You have two in your pod that you're playing. Then you have a full pod. And then... You can. Oh, man, that'd be a little tough. If you did but, nine but conference you're... games, you could do two in the remaining two pods. Right. And it. Yeah. And you could uh, not. You, you could put top teams versus top teams. Right. Now, it okay. might be, it might be like. You could be ninth in the Big 12 and second in your pod just because of who might be in your pod. But you could also have some – it wouldn't just be rotating. It would be, hey, you finish second in your pod, you're playing the second team in that pod. Yeah, and you could even do a – if you wanted to be innovative. Like you know, the NFL does. We talk about, okay, let's put some games on Friday night where you're the only, only show in town. You get 7 p.m. on ESPN. You know, instead of 11 a.m. on FS1 on Saturday. Uh, so you do some innovative things like that. Don't sell yourself out. Don't do Maction on a Tuesday night, but do Thursday night or Friday night. How about this? Do a semifinal for the conference championship. Team with the best conference record plays the fourth best team. Two and three play each other on, uh, you know, the second to last Saturday of the season. And then the two winners of those games play for the conference title. Do a plus one the conference championship would everyone uh... more inventory and you have if you have four pods all four pods involved i wonder if they would let you do that i don't know i think on one hand they would want more inventory and you would give everybody not everybody but a lot more teams something to play for down the stretch in november if you're saying like hey we're just trying to win our pod so that we can be the four seed in the conference championship tournament yeah you know, it's, it's kind of like the NBA play-in, and, and some people don't like that idea, but like if you're the 10 seed, you at least have a shot to make the full playoffs right. if you win the play-in. Here's my problem, I guess, with, the, with a little bit of this and why I want the pods. I just think you can structure it in a way that Texas Tech would have a bigger, better chance, like you're talking about right now with doing some, some, some cool stuff, some stuff nobody else is doing. Because you had your most successful coast-to-coast decade in the 2000s in the Big 12, and you didn't sniff a Big 12 championship. You were 11-1 and and were third in the South. I'm sorry, that's not sniffing a Big 12 championship. I know you were a game away, but 
so is Texas, and Texas would have got there instead of you. So I, I don't know. I I don't know if, that. if you had the pods that, that you would be much better, but it a, a just counter- – a counterpoint to that, some people—I wouldn't say are afraid, but like they might have preferred that you played in a weaker division, like the Big Twelve North of old, right? But your best seasons were in a loaded Big Twelve South. Yes, like A and M wasn't very good in the Big Twelve for most of like the two thousands. Well, the Big Twelve South carried carried the Big Twelve. Yeah, but but AM had more resources than you, more advantages than you, and you were better than them for a majority of the Big 12. Baylor was kind of like the doormat of college football for a large stretch there. Yes. But like the year 2008 that you're talking about, Oklahoma State was in the top 10 at one point. Oklahoma and Texas both had a legitimate argument to be in the national championship game, and Tech was 11 and 1. And, you know, 2005, you're a field goal away from winning the Cotton Bowl. Um, you won some Alamo Bowls. You won some Holiday Bowls. That was a good stretch, and it didn't really harm you long-term, per se, to play with the very best. And so I want just simple divisions, I think. I'm not opposed to some of these pod formats that we've worked out. But I'm not worried at all about, oh, well, like Oklahoma State and BYU are really good. You don't want to be in the same division as them. And I'm like, yeah, you do, because those are the biggest draws. It's going to get you the most viewers on TV, sell the most tickets, and that's important. And I think that, you know, talent elevates talent. And so I think you would just kind of – I don't want to be Iowa State in the old Big 12 North and play for the conference title after going four and four. Like that doesn't – that didn't make Iowa State any better as a program. They were at their best as a program when they played OU in Texas every single year, and they reached new heights because of that. Or not because also, of that, but during that time span. You also don't want to be Kansas State, who has the second most wins in Big 12 history – because they played in the Big 12 North for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, who are they beating? Okay, yay, you got to beat Kansas every year. Congratulations. What do you have and to show for it? I'll say what do this, you have to show for it, Kansas State? I'll say this, too. In the new Big 12, the, I think the remaining programs have a lot less staying power than Texas, Oklahoma, and Nebraska did. Like, yeah, it's easy to look at the old Big 12 and be like, okay, yeah, Texas and OU in some form or fashion are always going to be there. Like we think of Oklahoma State as a good football program, and they have been under Gundy, but like their entire history not under Gundy, not so great. Kansas State not under Bill Snyder, not so great. UCF went over like a year before claiming a national title. Cincinnati without Luke Fickle, we don't know. West Virginia won an Orange Bowl right before going to the Big Twelve. Iowa State was nothing before Matt Campbell got there. Thank you. Um, and so I don't look at any. I was, of waiting, these, I was waiting for you to say it. I don't look at any of these programs and think like, oh well, Cincinnati is up north, and like they'll always be good because they were in the college football playoff this year. I think every single program rem- remaining has its strengths and weaknesses, and nobody's just guaranteed to own a division in perpetuity. Oklahoma is the only team who's always been good in the Big Twelve right now. Yeah. And in the future Big 12, as you just outlined so eloquently, my friend, everyone has down years. Well, like I said, Baylor was the doormat of college football. RG3 commits there, wins a Heisman, and then they're playing in New Year's Six Bowls. Like These changes can happen fast. Kansas won an Orange Bowl. Every single program in the new Big 12 
maybe with the exception of BYU, uh, will have played for a conference championship or a New Year's Six type bowl within the last 15 years. Right. And I, I think where you're going with this is even if you had divisions, they wouldn't automatically just be a good division and a bad division, even if it was the Texas teams and BYU versus the rest. No, I don't think so. Because and- I think they're cyclical uh, everywhere. And I, I think TCU is going to have a couple of down years and then b- hopefully bounce back under Sonny, but I don't see them being good right now. And Baylor, like- Baylor, I just, they've never sustained success. Correct. Um, they hired Ever. three straight good head coaches on the field, which is kind of maddening. But one more point is I think you I think there's some hesitancy. You don't want to be the Southwest Conference and be too Texas heavy. But the flip side of that coin, if you're a program like an Oklahoma State or Kansas, you want to recruit in Texas and you want to have visibility there. And if you have all four Texas teams in let's call it the West Division, that gives those Big 12 East programs They'd be playing at least one game in Texas and one state of Texas opponent at their home stadium every single year. Right. So I think that's a plus for giving everybody in the conference access to the state of Texas because that's so important from a population, viewership, recruiting standpoint. And so I wouldn't want to – I'd be careful about splitting up the Texas schools. I don't know that Texas Tech – provides the same benefit as playing in Fort Worth or Houston. I think you might be mistaken because because Tech's alumni base in DFW is so gigantic. Right, but I think when you say you want to have a presence in Texas, like it's good for Texas Tech to be around, but it doesn't help BYU to play in Lubbock recruiting-wise. Uh, probably not BYU. It does help BYU to play in the Metroplex. It helps BYU play in Houston. Is it easier to get a kid from the Metroplex to Provo or on a $49 Southwest flight directly to Lubbock? What do you mean? I mean, if, if a kid from Garland wants to watch BYU and Tech play, is he more likely to accomplish that in Lubbock or in Provo? He's more likely to accomplish that in Fort Worth. BYU and Tech aren't ever going to play in Fort Worth. No, BYU's playing at TCU. Well, yeah, that too. I'm talking about like between those two schools because you said it doesn't behoove them to play in Lubbock. I think it does because Texas Tech, even though it's based in Lubbock, has a lot of visibility in DFW and access to DFW recruits that Provo, Utah, and Ames, Iowa don't. As beneficial as playing at TCU? I didn't say that. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Okay. And I, I know that you and I are hip to the culture here in West Texas and believe that, what you just said. But I don't think that's the national perception. I don't think that's how Cincinnati would see it, even though they're wrong, right? Well, it's also, it's not about just like recruiting in person at these games. It's a matter of like the what's on TV is partly decided by region. And so like if Kansas State is playing in Lubbock, the DFW market will carry that game. Yes. And so a kid in DFW can watch Kansas State on his TV. It gives Kansas State visibility to people in DFW, even though they're not playing that game there. 
And so if you gave those Big 12 East division schools the opportunity to play in Texas every single year, I think that Could, makes a difference. Couldn't you accomplish that by putting Houston and Baylor in the East? Yeah, but then you've split Baylor and TCU from each other. Protected rivalry. Then you don't play every school twice every four years. Yeah, but what do you mean? I mean, if if Baylor is in one division and TCU is in the other, and they use up one of their three games against the opposite division on a protected rivalry, they're playing two out of the other five. And so you'd have three teams that you haven't played the next year, and you wouldn't get to play all three because one of those slots would be used up. All right, then put uh, put, uh, TCU and Baylor in these. Then Tech isn't playing Baylor and TCU every year. I don't care. Those are two of their longest standing rivalries. You've played those. You've played Baylor more than any other program in school history. I don't care. I do, and a lot of people do. They want traditional rivalries. They want play, regional rivalries. Play Houston. No. Well, yeah, you can play Houston too, but I'm not giving up Baylor and TCU. I'm not giving up Oklahoma State. I would rather I wanna... play Houston than Baylor and TCU. No, that's a bad take. That's objectively no, wrong. Yeah, it no, is. it's not. It's yes, not it objectively is. wrong. It is objectively wrong, Rob. You can't say objectively wrong. I, do you no want me to prove it to you? You can't. You don't think I can quantify this with data and prove that you're objectively wrong? In the next five minutes, no. Yeah, I can. All right, do it. Okay. You asked for it. Before I do, I want to give another shout out to one of our sponsors that can help you out. Maybe if you get in a scenario where you allegedly strangle your podcast partner. Is that fair? It wouldn't be fair to strangle you, I, I don't think, but I could call. But uh, you might have wanted to at some point. And yeah. had you done that, you could have been you could have called Barnett Howard and Williams, a law firm started by three Texas Tech grads, office out of Fort Worth, handle cases all across the state of Texas. They're one of the only law firms in Texas that is certified for Title IX student representation. They've defended students, including scholarship athletes, and Title IX litigation at all of the major universities in Texas, no matter what pod or division they play in. They also handle catastrophic injury cases. Across the state and for listeners in the DFW area, they handle criminal defense and family law matters. As always, they hope that you never need them, but they are in your corner if you do. You can find out more about them by visiting Barnett Howard and Williams' website, www.bhwlawfirm.com. Okay. Why is it advantageous objectively for tech to play the right teams? instead of Cincinnati and UCF every year. No offense to Cincinnati and UCF. Can you just stop lobby mode, lobbyist mode for a second using right and buzzwords and, and stuff and just... Well, it's not my points. fault that you're wrong, Rob. Like, I didn't okay. force you to adopt this position. You chose to do it yourself. You're trying it, to lawyer me, and it's not going to work is all I'm saying. I'm not going to lawyer you. I'm just going to read you some okay. numbers, and then... Okay, so I don't have the numbers for Baylor and TCU, but I could pull them I, if you I want mean, me I, to. Objection leading the witness is all I'm saying. I did all of this on the topic of Oklahoma State versus Houston because some people were wrong and think that you should play Houston every year and not Oklahoma State. Here's why that's wrong. I, I agree on Oklahoma State, by the way, but go ahead. Okay, but the others do not. So here's why. You've played the University of Houston 33 times in your history. You've yep. played Oklahoma State 47 times in your history. So the more established rivalry that the fans are more familiar with is Oklahoma State. That's an objective fact. Is that correct? 47 is a greater number than 33? Yes. Okay, great. Because you said I couldn't prove this. So 
Here's the attendance figures the last few times you've played Oklahoma State at Jones AT&T Stadium. 53,000, 56,500, 61,000, that's over capacity, 60,000. What's up? Go ahead. Uh, sorry, 55,000 on that last one. And then a Jones AT&T Stadium all-time record, 62,000. That's over capacity. That's when you're playing Oklahoma State. Now, Houston has come to town recently in 2018, and 53,000 people showed up. When you played in Houston, well, here's the counter-argument. Oh, we've got a big alumni base in Houston. All these Houston Red Raiders want to watch us when we play down here. 36,000. You can say their stadium is smaller. Great. That wasn't at capacity. I don't have the numbers for 2021. I was there. I won't, I won't say it's Neutral empty. Neutral site. Neutral site. NRG Stadium in Houston. 2018 was also neutral. Uh, no. 2018 was in Lubbock. Alan oh, Bowman threw for seven. Sorry, 17. Threw for 7,000 yards. No, 17 was at their stadium. Anyway, 2021, the most recent time you played them, there was not exactly a ton of fan interest. I was there at the game. I don't know what it looked like on TV. Wasn't a lot of Houston fans. Wasn't a lot of Tech fans, to be honest with you. And you can chalk that up to there's not a lot of interest in that season. That's why I'm using multiple data points over several seasons to illustrate the point. You could say, Kyle, they weren't there because they were watching on TV. Texas Tech versus Houston that weekend. Let's see here. 830,000 people watched on TV. That was on ESPN at 7 o'clock. So you had a good window there. It's not like you were playing 11 a.m. on FS2. 830,000 people watched that game. Same season, 2021, you played Oklahoma State. Very similar window, 8 p.m. on Fox. These are Eastern time. So I guess you played 6 o'clock locally on ESPN against Houston. Drew 830,000. You play at 7 o'clock locally on Fox against Oklahoma State. More than double, 1.9 million people watch that game on TV. Kyle, that's just one season. Okay. 1 million people watched Houston and Texas Tech on Fox. 900,000 watched Tech versus Oklahoma State that same season, so a little less. Here's the kicker. That game was on FS1, but you played Houston on Fox. So with way more widespread availability, only 100,000 more people watched you. Uh, another season, you were split with North Carolina State and Florida State at the same time slot, so different people were watching different games. It's hard to dissect. If I said you had half of that, and I think you probably had less than half of that, you would have had about 1.5 million. That was on ABC at noon. Same year, 2.7 million watched you play against Oklahoma State. That game was on Fox at 7 o'clock. So, does that illustrate the point adequately that more people want to see you play Oklahoma State in person and on TV than Houston over the last five to ten years? Is it your contention, Counselor, that conference games matter more than non-conference games? Yes and no. I think that... Well, I'm serious. Like if uh, some of those games were non-conference games, you know, Alabama plays Florida State, there's way more interest in that than Alabama playing Vanderbilt. And when Tech plays Kansas on FS2, there's less interest in that than if Tech played Arkansas in the non-con. 
So I see what you're saying. Yes, generally so. But even when adjusting for time window on TV and what channel the game was on, it's pretty clear to me that people would rather see Oklahoma State. I think your Oklahoma State, Texas Tech numbers will regress and the Houston numbers against Texas Tech will grow. Uh, but I do agree. I do agree that Oklahoma State moving forward is more important than playing Houston. If you could only play one, you should play Oklahoma State. But I think that you're growing new rivalries, and I think your new rivalry should be Houston. I think you should focus on that because of a lot of reasons. It's really hard to say like new rivalry is kind of an oxymoron. You've also played Houston a billion times. You've played them 33 times. Let me rephrase. You've played Houston across a, a large depth of years. Okay, but like no student who has graduated from Texas Tech in the last 25 years has seen a conference game against Houston. Whereas we've played Oklahoma State 25 consecutive years in that same time span. Yeah, but the freshman this year will. So what? And maybe in 25 years, like this is a bet that'll pay off for you or something, but like. You need TV dollars now. You need to sell season tickets now. I I think that it's I think how how is how are, how have all the think, new rivalries new... worked out for Nebraska in the Big Ten? Their big game is against Iowa every year. They used to play Colorado, Kansas State, OU. Yeah, but they didn't have any beef outside of the conference. Houston no, already has beef with Houston. No, yes, you do. On what grounds? There's been uh, lots of grounds in the last. Five no. games you played. Them. Yeah. No. What about the what about the uh we don't want to wear white uh that, on the road beef? Are you kidding me? Yeah, major apple white, dude. That is not remotely comparable to the amount of fan interest in a game versus Oklahoma State. I'm not arguing Oklahoma State. Dude, BYU, shifting topics here a little bit, BYU is an international brand. Their fans travel, they'll have the largest capacity stadium in the new Big Twelve. Houston is so like you'd be fine like if you just never played Houston. Um, I think there's more. No, I think there's more interest in playing Houston than there is Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF, all that. Here's my position. Here's my position. I'll lay it out for you. Okay. The teams I want to play every year, bar none, in the New Big Twelve: BYU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU. Will I don't care. If, um, I think I just did. You you really. If you could only play one football game next year, you would want it to be BYU. Of the new Big 12 teams? Of You just listed them at the top of the entire Big 12 anarchy. Yeah. BYU uh, but, but is but you the didn't most ask important me, opponent. Hang on. No, you didn't ask me as a one-game proposition. I'm talking about your schedule moving forward long-term with the Big 12. You should play BYU every year. And it would be the most important game on the schedule? Most important in what respect? Well, uh, TV-wise, money-wise. Yeah. As far as relevance in your brand, you want to play BYU. For the same reason, you want to play Texas and OU instead of Iowa State and Cincinnati. No disrespect to those schools. I think your data is outdated based on... Texas and Oklahoma leaving and the Big 12 being different in five years. I would like to concede that Houston and Texas Tech have not been a big draw, but it's also been in September 
up against much better games. You play Oklahoma State in October where there's conference games going on and the SEC has some bad weekends, a la Texas Tech and Oklahoma State get a primo, not just window, but opportunity to be the big game on TV. Hey, I'd like to play Houston every year as well, which is why I'm advocating for a very simple six-team division, the four Texas schools, Oklahoma State, and BYU. You would play all five of the teams we've discussed every year yeah, and then rotate against those schools that you don't have in-state ties to or traditional ties to that aren't big brands. Like, to me, this is obvious. You asked me to rank four. If I could rank five, it would be, in no particular order, BYU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, Houston. So why not just play them every year in the Big 12 list? Um, Six would probably be Kansas. I also didn't ask you to rank four. You just started doing it. Kansas because you can beat them? Uh, No, for basketball purposes, I would want to play Kansas every year. This is football only. Well, I know, but you'd be in the same divisions or whatever for basketball, theoretically. See, I'd rather play 22 uh, conference games in basketball. I don't think you can. Why? Um, you have, well, you only have like a 31-game total limit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess – I don't know if there's like a rule against it, but most teams play, what, 16 or 18? Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't know. Uh, I'd be fine with that, home and away with everyone. Or but, I guess okay, you go, you go same deal. With, same deal. Would what? you rather play Kansas or UCF in basketball every year? Kansas. Okay. That is the same logic to a lesser extent why you would rather play BYU every year than West Virginia. Oh, I'm the not. Brand, I'm not. The brand is that. bigger. Okay. Yeah. I just thought, you know, Mr. Oklahoma State fan over there, that you would say Oklahoma State would be the most important. Well, so I do want to push back on that. You said that Houston will be your new rival in the Big 12. Who's Oklahoma State's big rival? I think they're going to turn to you, and I think you should look back at them. Yeah, but that's an existing rivalry. Yeah, but as far as main rivalry, like if they don't get to play Bedlam, if there's no Big 12 SEC challenge, what will be the number one game on their schedule every year? Yeah, I agree. I agree that Oklahoma State's your natural number one. Okay, why don't we, be, why don't we turn the tables here? Because you could in the old Big 12, you would have said that in whatever order, Texas and A&M were your two biggest rivals. But you were neither of those – schools biggest rivals so yeah. why don't you be the number one game on oklahoma state's schedule and houston's schedule yeah and have these secondary rivalries baylor and tcu of course those two teams are each other's primary rivalry but those yeah. are two more fun games every year welcome to what i've been saying this whole time no because this is what i've been saying the whole time is you should be in a division with those five teams so that you play them every year and that maximizes the amount of interest and intrigue in your Schedule both for TV partners and season ticket holders. But if you're going mono on mono, Oklahoma State and Houston, I think, are your, your preferred dance partners moving forward in football. It's a false choice, but sure. But no, I, I would personally pick BYU. I think BYU will be there. I, I think if, if these Yahoo, if Bob Bowlesby goes north-south, and you get stuck with UCF, I'm going to be pissed. He's, he's not going to have any say in it, will he? He's, he's representing the Big 12 with the Congress with Sankey and Klyakov. There's no way. Why is he doing anything? He's not. Also, also Kyle, Texas Tech, This I, I was getting at this earlier. I didn't get to finish my point. Texas Tech has done really well for themselves in the last decade. You, you've built a sports performance center. You built the Womble. You've been successful in basketball. 
but you've you've not had the opportunity to do anything in the Big 12 because you're just it is what it is in the Big 12. You were never going to be a top five team. Because of how you positioned yourself 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and some of the new new things, right? I'm not, I'm not sure I agree, but go ahead. Well, and how you were recruiting and what you were doing and your budget on everything, you just were not you weren't spending enough money to be a top five team in the Big 12, and that played out with what you did. I disagree. How? Well, I disagree that it wasn't feasible, I think is what you said. Or that you didn't have a path to it, or I forget how you phrased it. Here's what I'm did getting it, at. Did it happen? Well, no, that's different than it being feasible. No, no, it's not if, feasible with the decisions they were making. It wasn't feasible for you to be successful in football. Okay, well, okay. That was my point. Okay. So you you chose to be a yes man for Texas. You chose to let Oklahoma make the decisions that hurt the conference. You chose to not leave Texas when you could have gone to the Pac-12. You chose to do all these things to stay in the Big 12. You have put yourself in this position, Texas Tech. And now with Lawrence Skuvenek as the chair of the Big 12 and Kirby Hokut as a prime contender for Big 12 commissioner, if the Big 12 is not successful and it ruins Texas Tech's future, do you know whose fault it is? Texas Tech's. And if Texas Tech is successful in the future and can build themselves up and they put themselves in a good position like you're talking about, playing Oklahoma State, BYU, and the Texas schools every year, and being focused on that and having the Metroplex and having Houston and being able to own West Texas and also getting BYU national exposure and being inventive with how you process games out onto streaming platforms. If you do all that, it will be because Texas Tech leads the way along with some of these other top schools and they put themselves at the top of the conference. But if you're not at the top of the Big, Tw- the Big 12 in five years, it's your fault. 100% agree with that. It is your fault if you're not a leader in the Big 12 because you have every opportunity, Texas Tech. It's laid out in front of you, and you have a golden brick road to own the new conference. I don't know if it will be as successful or as much money, but if you're not at the top of it, something's wrong. I agree. And where I was, I don't think we actually disagree on this, but what I thought I understood was that it wasn't feasible. You didn't have a path to that before the shakeup, but like I'm looking around and Baylor and TCU, Oklahoma state are playing in and winning new year's six bowls. And I'm thinking what, what advantages do those programs have that you don't, that you can't match them. They, that they were taking advantage of and you weren't right because so, they, they doubled their recruiting budget. You yeah. didn't. They right. doubled their recruiting process. You didn't. You stayed with one guy. The, the reason you've been bad for 10 years is because you've chosen to be bad for 10 years. Yeah. So anyway, I just, I disagree with the like defeatist mindset that like, oh, you'll always, you can never ascend to whatever. Cause I'm like, Oklahoma oh. state has no advantage that you don't no. have. Absolutely none. And in 2011, more than 10 years ago, they were like this close to playing for a national championship. And they yeah. won a Fiesta Bowl. They won a Big 12 championship with Texas and OU in the conference. 
Yeah. So don't tell me that, you know, tech, oh, it's just impossible to do it here because I've, I've never believed that. I think you're right that the proper actions weren't being taken to achieve that or to even come close to it. I don't think there's any excuse for going four and eight at this program. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think the door is wide open to a major opportunity in the new Big 12, and I hope you take advantage of it. And I think playing the other big brands, good programs, benefits you and that you should not try to like weasel your way to a big 12 championship by playing lesser programs through some no Ponzi scheme pod system. No. Well, I don't line up Oklahoma state and BYU and let's beat them. I don't think anybody's doing a Ponzi scheme. Uh, I, I just, if you're going to do divisions, I'm cool with that. I think a lot of people wanted us to get a little more spicy today. I think we were talking past each other a little bit today on Twitter and just for fun, especially on your end. Uh, but I want to say I'm fine with divisions if the top two teams are playing for the conference championship. And if it's two teams in the West in 2024, fine. If it's two teams in the East in 2025, fine. Even if it screws Texas Tech one year, fine, because it will help you. And if you're at the top, you want to be in the Big 12 championship. I think that's I think that's all I'm saying. And I'm looking at it mostly from a, I don't know, like the business of college athletics. And you lose two games on TV, two games at Jones Stadium every couple of years. Texas and OU. I don't want those replaced with Cincinnati and UCF. Want to replace with BYU, an SEC team out of conference. Yep. Making sure that you always have, you know, any two or three of Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, Houston coming to Lubbock every year because those games have more interest than West Virginia. Or I think there is also, there's a difference too between like Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State because you have, you've established something with them over 25 years. You've only played them every year since the new Big 12 formed, but you still have more of a history there than you do with with West Virginia and certainly Cincinnati, UCF, BYU. But But you've played Houston more than you've played Iowa State in football. Um, Yeah. By about five games. Yeah. But there's some recency bias there because, again, a graduate from Texas Tech today has seen – Tech and Iowa State play every year for the past four years. Well, you've but a graduate from Texas Tech today has also seen Houston three of the last four. Um, just twice, twenty eighteen and twenty twenty one, right? You you didn't play them back to back. You did in seventeen and eighteen, and then there was a gap. You played them in twenty one. I think were you supposed to play them during the COVID year and didn't, or am I making that up? I don't know. But had you asked somebody in the 90s, the Southwest Conference era, yeah, Houston was probably one of the not biggest games on schedule because you had Texas, Arkansas, A&M, but they would have cared more about Houston than certainly probably even Oklahoma State at that point because you didn't have an annual game with Oklahoma State. But Also, lots of people go to school for five years, Kyle, so I don't know why you're shaming him. I was in school for for six, so six. Six and a half. Yeah, so you would have seen uh, Houston three of the uh, last, four. Three of the last I only four. saw Houston once, I think. 
Right, but if you that would, you'd be graduating today, you'd be you'd be coming at six sixteen. Mm. That's all I was saying. I don't have anything against Houston. I'm just when given the choice, like you did on Twitter, Oklahoma State or Houston, I'm picking Oklahoma State. But if yeah, the choice I, is Houston or West Virginia, give me Houston. I I was mostly confirming to Hyatt that everyone would choose Oklahoma State. Hey, I got that's a bone. why I put that. That's why I put that poll up. I've got a bone to pick with you, Rob. With me personally? Yeah. Okay. You can't brand yourself on social media as the pulse of the people guy, and then when they give you their polls, you get all pissed off at them for writing you a dissertation. When? When did I do that? Today. Oh, with you? Yeah. You knew what you were doing. Also, what do you mean? I put up a poll. For people to vote in the damn poll. I don't need you to comment. It doesn't say, hey, comment. It says poll. Oh, so it was a mistake for people to tweet Uh, back at you on a social media platform designed for interaction. I'm going to turn off comments. I'll just quote tweet you. Also, I'm going to go find all the times you've told me or or sent me other people's tweets that say, "If if you're voting any other way, you're stupid. And how okay. much you hate that? I was doing that on purpose. You've done, you did that three times. That's the only way I came back. That's the only reason I came back at you like that. I was doing that on purpose. And actually, I know was, you were. I know was, you were. It was you who shared that as a pet peeve. Like, I don't like it either, but you were the one who messaged me. Like, I hate when people say, like, there's not even a discussion. So, yeah, I'd started commenting on the Pulse of the People polls saying, like, if you don't think this, you're an idiot. <laughs> Which I don't actually, I mean, I'm. I'm fine oh with my God. debate and discussion, but I, I think it's funny when people talk like that on Twitter. So yeah, I was I was doing that just to annoy you. Also, you were just inferring that I thought one way about the poll and disagreeing with me, but I I had never I didn't even give my opinion yet. on the Oklahoma State versus Houston one. On either of them. What was the first one? The divisions or no divisions. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you said something to the effect of not wanting divisions. Well, I af- I think I responded to you. E- either way. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who fired first. But if you do fire first, you know who to call. The Lubbock Matadors? <laughs> no. Oh, man, I am uh, – the, the Matadors get on the pitch with the Vaqueros in Fort Worth. They're playing at uh, TCU, yeah? I don't know. They're playing at TCU. I guess the soccer complex at TCU. So if you're in Fort Worth, you can go watch the Matadors play in Fort Worth. And then they'll be home next Saturday. The yes, the, the 14th 21st. is in Fort Worth. The 21st is in Lubbock. And I will be at a wedding. So you'll have to represent us. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. It's a long time coming. No, I, th- I think you're right, though. So, A. Whoa. Can we clip what? this? What? Kyle just said I was right about something. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, hey, I think we were I think we agree on more than we disagree on. Oh. On the divisions and pods. Yeah. Um B, I think we were when I was trying to have a legitimate conversation with you, talking past each other a bit, which is why it's easier to hash it out not on Twitter. It's hard on Twitter. And C, yes, I was trolling you a little bit, but that's fine. I think you because you know because you know I always bite on the on the on the thing. Yeah. Uh, 
<sighs> I don't know what I just meant by that. <laughs> you take the bait. I think it's what yes. You mean. I always take the bait. <laughs> uh, real quick, you ready yeah. for a li- lightning round? Yes. Are you Team Rob or Team Kyle? Uh, no, you're running away with that. No way. Yeah, you Fifty-five forty-four. Yeah, that's a fifty-six forty. It's a double-digit margin there. Oh, I responded to this earlier, and uh, apparently it didn't show up. So the first odds to win the Big Twelve Conference, or I'm sorry, uh, season win totals for Big Twelve members came out for football, and obviously we're a long ways out. We can really get into this a little bit later, but. Just wanted to do a lightning round to get your initial thoughts on some of these numbers if you're leaning one way early on. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find it on the 1012 network. That's where they first, where I first saw it. You don't remember what book it was? No. This is uh, Big Twelve, Big Twelve Championship odds. No, it was season win totals. Oh, yes. Let's do it. I think that was. Where is it? Was that circa? I don't remember. And Alabama opens as a 14 and a half point favorite against Texas. Did we not do this uh, last time? No, we did not. Da, 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 da. Can you help me out here da, and stall da, da, while da, I look da, for this? Da. Okay, here it is. I'm also looking for it. I'm going in alphabetical order. Okay. Baylor, eight and a half. Under. They sent six players to the NFL. They're replacing their quarterback. Um, I think they lost a lot on defense mentality-wise, losing their two safeties uh, and best linebacker. So good luck. They're also, again, these are very early lines, but they're like a two-and-a-half-point dog at BYU. So they're going to be an underdog in one of their non-conference games. Which the best team in the them. Big 12, BYU. Iowa State, seven-and-a-half. Under. Uh, first I off, think, I think I'm I'm going under on Baylor as well. Yeah, uh, Iowa State also losing a ton. Uh, we've not seen them Brock Purdyless in a long time. Brees Hall, Charlie Kolar, Chase Allen, their entire offense for the last two and a half years, three years. Uh, plus, they lost some defenders as well. So, uh, good luck with Iowa State this year. To Iowa State. I want to agree with you, but I also feel like they sort of underwhelmed the last two years when they were hyped up as conference title contenders. You think Matt so, Campbell's better as an underdog? Well, I don't know. I feel like now that everybody's kind of like relegated them back to the middle or back into the pack, if he is as good of a coach as I think he is, maybe he just reloads some of that talent. But same deal. I think they've got a little bit of an uphill battle in the non-con. They play Iowa in Iowa this year. I, mean, so I think I would, they can get to seven. Yeah. I just wouldn't pick them at eight and four if they have a non-conference loss. No. You know, 
So I'll go under on that. Kansas two and a half over. Over. They were, I'm not joking, they were pretty competitive the last month of last season. Yes. They, they beat Texas, but they were like neck and neck with, I think it was TCU. They almost beat TCU and maybe West Virginia. I might be misremembering that, but they were like in the game in the fourth quarter. And I'm not talking like they were within 14. They were like within three or six. They they had Oklahoma on the ropes in the third quarter. Yeah. Late. So I, I think Lance Leipold has proven himself to some extent. And if they can get to two and one in the non-con, then it's like, hey, one big 12 game and you're over the hump there. And their season total last year was one, right? <laughs> or yeah. Or was, um, and you and I picked under <laughs> and they like barely beat. No, it was South, one and a South half. South Dakota State. Two. Yeah, South Dakota State. They were like 12 and a half point favorites and they barely won that game. But uh, this one's an interesting one, I think. Kansas State, six. Push. You've got some insurance there with the push, I think. I'm trying to find a. Their fan base seems to think that number is low. Which sometimes fan bases know their yeah. team better than others. Sometimes fan bases get suckered into bad bets because they're homers. Yeah, just wait for the Texas Tech one. Five and seven feels. I would lean over. I would lean over for Kansas State. I think so too. I think now, so too. Now they they have not been good without Skylar Thompson. Can they finally find a quarterback? Is Adrian Martinez the answer? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't have a lot of faith in that. But they still got Deuce Vaughn. Yep. I, th- I think Chris Kleiman's a good a coach. Of, they have a lot of talent. They also had a lot of guys transfer out. So, yeah. I would go with the overs because I think five and seven would be a little bit surprising. And then if it's a push, you don't yeah, lose I would your lean, money. I would lean over. Oklahoma, nine. Under. Man, really? <laughs> new, new offense. Um, have you heard the comments from Brett Venables? No. Do you know what they do you know what they sound like? Tom Herman getting to Austin. Mm. I mean, it's a lot of oh, we were too we're too uh content around here. We're too calm. We need to get more intense. So I just think there's even more turnover coming after that. And and there has been a lot of turnover already with talent leaving, going to USC and otherwise. So I would I would lean under, and I don't know who's in their non-con. Um, nobody notable besides Nebraska. They go to Lincoln. Mm. So can so can they win six Big Twelve games? I mean, yeah. I don't see them going five and four in the Big Twelve, right? If they get to three and zero in the non-con, but I don't. I don't want to. Can I? Can I? Can I take the under on nine and a half and not push? I bet you could probably buy the hook. tease that. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy the hook and stay under. Something, I don't know. They get Oklahoma State at home. They get Baylor at home. I don't know if that influences you at all. No. It's just, it. look, it's a first-time head coach. Kansas State at home. Like so, Some of their easier games are... Like TCU is on the road in Fort Worth. I don't think TCU is going to be it, very good next year. Is Jeff Lebby um, 
is Jeff Lebby all that everyone thinks he is, or has he just had good offensive head coaches? I would. I'm going to go over on that. Same deal. I just don't see it going under to eight and four. That'd be surprising. And then if it's a push at nine, it's a push. But to me, ten and two is more likely than eight and four. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State eight. Man, I'm just feeling negative on everybody. I'll buy Oklahoma State. Yeah, they lose Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator to Ohio State. But I thought they got a pretty good one in return. Spencer Sanders will be going into his fourth year as a starter. I don't think he's a great quarterback. He's an experienced quarterback at the very least. He's always dangerous in the Big 12. I think Gundy is the best coach in the Big 12. Any given weekend, yes. I'll go over. That's a lot of overs, but I'm about to even out because TCU 7 is absurd. Give me the under. There's Not no only way. the under, Kyle. They're not going to a bowl game. Uh, yeah, I would, if it was six, I would I would tease that down to six and take the under. Let me see who they have in the non-conference. I don't think they're going to be good in the Big 12 either. But I might take the under at five and a half, Kyle. So they go to Colorado in Lots. the non-con, and they go to SMU. That's in the same metro area, but loss. How good is SMU going to be without Sonny Dykes? I don't know. Then they host OU. I could see them starting one and three. Then they go to Lawrence. If we think Kansas is going to get a Big 12 win, TCU in Lawrence is probably one of their better opportunities for that. Yep. TCU's also lost a lot. Yeah. I'm really bearish on TCU. I'm taking the under on seven. Same. Everyone's favorite, Texas, eight and a half. Do you just automatically take the under until they prove you otherwise? Or I would like to get deeper into the fall camp before I made this bet, but I would probably take the over on Texas. They host Alabama. Like I said, what, they'll be 14-point the, dogs. Can I ask another question? Yeah. What are the odds associated with the over and the under there? I don't know. Are getting any juice? Yeah, I'm sure you are. Uh, on a lot of these, especially the ones that are round numbers. Yeah, can I get some juice? Is it juice to the over here? Because everybody's taking the under? That wasn't listed on where I'm looking, so I'm not sure. If I got like plus 165 to lean over, I would do that on Texas. I'm leaning under just because they're not going to do better than two and one in the non-conference. Nine, nine and a half? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. And I don't see they them going Alabama, seven and two. Huh? Yeah, I don't see him going seven and two in Big Twelve play. That seems six and three. Yeah, I think this will be close. I think I think they're an eight and four team, maybe nine and three. Yeah, let's get also, crazy. I don't think. I mean, it's May twelfth. They have to play Jeff Trailer in UTSA in the non-conference. That's in Austin, but they'll beat UTSA. <laughs> uh, who else we got here? Skip Texas. Texas. Tech. Texas Tech, five and a half. Skip, skip the world in the last. Okay, West Virginia, five and a half. Under. <laughs> so under. They've had 47 transfers out. 
I don't think that's the real number, but um, Neil Brown's the worst coach in the Big 12. Agreed. So they start at Pittsburgh. Loss. They come home and host Kansas. Loss. I mean, you joke. Again, <laughs> if, if Kansas is going to be a threat to a couple teams, it's going to be TCU, West Virginia. In Morgantown? It's in Morgantown, but it's week two. And so it's like, right? if West Virginia doesn't have stuff figured out by then, let's go. Maybe it's upset alert. Then they host Towson. That's an easy win. But then they go to Virginia Tech. So they got two Power 5 games in the non-con, both on the road. Then they go to Austin. Then they host Baylor. So they always have a tough non-con. They always play two Power 5 teams. I think 5-7 and seven is appropriate. I, I said this to John Kurtz on Twitter because some guy was telling him that West Virginia is college football playoff bound. Right. I said, I'm in wait-and-see mode on any team that is 0-3 against Matt Wells. So if Neil Brown figures it out this year and they go 8-4, and 9-3, great for them. I will believe it when I see it. Until then, give me the under. Last one is Texas Tech, 5.5. Texas Tech will not go 40. So would you tease it down to five and take the over? You wouldn't get very good odds at that point. No, if I'm taking the over at five, I would take it at five and a half. Okay. I wouldn't. Because you'd have the insurance of a push if you go go five and seven, if you tease it down to five. Well, I mean, yeah. Because you said you're not going four and eight, so five and seven is the floor. Right. You just get it at five. But you're probably losing money at that point. You never lose money winning a bet. Well, if you push, you're not making money either. Correct. And not making money is losing money. You don't get interest while they hold your card, but Well, you could get negative interest if you... Okay, all right. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying, though. So, I... five and a half, over, under. Jeez. Look, look. This is the lightning round, Rob, not the tortoise round. What are you doing? Over. Why? Because I'm not a pink raider. Okay. No, I think I think you have a good chance to get to at least two and one in the non-con. I think NC State's going to be tough. Because you think Houston sucks. No, I think you're about even with Houston, but you get them at home. Okay. So I think I think you'll be a one-score favorite in that game. And you'll beat NC State and lose to Murray or what? No, I'm just like if you've got a 20% <laughs> chance to beat. Right. NC I State and a 60% chance to beat Houston. Right, and a 99% chance to beat Murray. Yeah, I think 2-1 and one is the most likely outcome. Okay. Um, having said that, I think 1-2 and two is more likely than 3-0, oh, but even at 1-2, and two, is 5-4 and four that outlandish in Big 12 play? Yes. Really? Who's the team that you just can't beat next year? When's the last time you went 5-4 in Big 12 play? Uh, before Joey McGuire was your head coach. Who's the team look, on the next year that you cannot look, beat? Look, I just told you I was negative on seven Big 12 teams. Kansas State, beatable. West Virginia, beatable. TCU, 
beatable. Kansas, beatable. Kansas State is not beatable? I said Kansas State. Baylor in Lubbock is not beatable? Baylor, beatable. So, absolutely. I also, you know, when you go through the Texas Tech schedule normally, this is why I'm so frustrated with this win-loss score because there are a bunch of beatable teams on the schedule, and normally I would look down the schedule and say, oh, you lost. Uh, Texas and Austin, probably a loss, and, like, find it that way. Iowa State, there for a while, loss, just because you were 0-5, right? You were just kind of looking at the schedule saying loss, loss, loss in Big 12 play, I wouldn't do that to a single team this year. Oklahoma at home. That's what I'm saying. I Look, I and that's why I feel like I need to say under. <laughs> so here, here's I'm how too, I do it. I'm too confident that there is six Big 12 teams that can be beaten this year by Texas Tech that I just I can't be happy as a Red Raider. It here's just is si- impossible. Here's the situation. Okay. Arguably the three best teams in the conference per these totals and everything. Texas, OU, Baylor. Yes. At the very least, they're three of the top four. All at home. With Oklahoma State, all at home. Iowa State, you beat, you broke the Matt Campbell seal last year. That's in Ames. And you they have to repl- replace their three best players. Mm-hmm. West Virginia. West Virginia is in Lubbock. And Kansas is. Kansas is still Kansas. I think they'll be improved. I think they'll be a tougher out than past years. But they're also in Lubbock. Are they? Yep. You played them in Lawrence last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's if you go one and two in the non-con. Look, I could still see five and four in Big 12 play. Mike Leach was so good at going to bowls every year because he won his home games. Mm-hmm. With Joey more than anyone else, I believe him. I believe in him as a marketer. Okay. As a ticket salesman. So I think you'll get back to where you need to be at home. Am I just knocking down the door, putting rent money on Texas Tech hammering five and a half over? I'm not. And it's kind of like I've been burned before, right? Been burned before by the last two head coaches. The last three head coaches have not won five Big 12 games in a single year. True. You've not done it since 2009. Yep. New era. And And that one was, you've never done it in this iteration of the Big 12, in the round robin Big 12. You've not had a winning record in the Big 12. Yep. I think you could get one out of three from Baylor, OU, and Texas. One of those three is going to be a little bit of a disappointment or you play a good game at home. You can you can go one and two in that stretch. Yeah? Yeah. In Stillwater, in Ames, those are tough. Let's broaden the scope here and say of those five, can you get two? Can you go two and three? I think it's possible. I think TCU sucks. West Virginia sucks. Kansas probably sucks. Kansas State, we don't know. I think you could get to five and four. And again, you wouldn't even need to. You could go four and five if you go two and one in the non-con. And all you have to do is win the games you're favored in the non-con to go two and one there. 
Kyle, if Texas Tech goes seven and five and has a winning record in the Big Twelve, I'm gonna do unruly things. You gonna eat your expired one chip challenge? Oh, five of them. <laughs> do I want to get that? Uh, not a sponsor, but I want to get that. Uh, uh, oh, what are they even called? What is that business called? The hats. I keep wanting to say signature stag. Josh Abbott's uh, hat company. No clue. What what's the 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 people? The the hats in there, they just built the brick and mortar. Oh, sideline? Sideline. Swagger. What is it now though? Sideline provisions? Sideline provisions. Not a not a have you seen their uh Twitter profile picture? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a Calavera sugar school. It's got a black cowboy hat and a red red raider red raider red mustache. Mm-hmm. Wow, stutter much? I want to get that <laughs> tattooed on. Okay. We watching the NFL? Uh, no, don't care. Just tell me race. who we're playing. No, don't care. Tell me who we're playing, and let's get on with it. I don't understand why it's like completely manufactured. It's like Four a hours, corporate man. holiday. Oh my Four god, hours. that's brutal. Yeah, what's Texas tough man? Jeez. Hey, if you put all your money on the overs for Texas, you can get back on track paying your employees with diversified lenders. Kyle, why don't you tell them about Cole Roberts? <laughs> yeah. Cole Roberts, Don Roberts, Red Raiders, uh, Red Raider football players. They own diversified lenders, a local business here in town. You can check them out at diversifiedlenders.com. They, uh, through a unique combination of accounts receivable, financing, and equipment leasing, they're uniquely qualified to get, (laughs) I can't read, uniquely qualified to help you get the working capital you need now. Yeah. They offer factoring, invoice purchasing, equipment finance and leasing, asset-based lending, government finance and leasing. And who knows, maybe they could tutor me on how to read a little bit better so that that maybe could have made a little more sense. The Heat are hammering Philadelphia. Interesting. Hey, I want to apologize to all the Stars fans. Uh, I tuned in last night, and Calgary immediately scored two goals. So, there's that. And then they scored another one after I turned back in. Jimmy Butler has 30 points. Uh, all right, let's go watch the Mavs, Kyle. Okay, Mavs in seven, right? Mavs in seven. Hey, join our uh, Discord server, I guess is what it's called. Yep. Having a fun time. We've got about a dozen or so folks in the Discord server. Hoping to grow that. Um, it's kind of like a just private uh, group text, group chat. And it's available only to our Patreon subscribers. $5 a month. We're not asking for much. Also gets you access to exclusive interviews like the one we did with Fardaz AMAC. I think we got another one coming up soon. Um, have several sort of in the works that will be unrolling over the next several weeks. So if you're not subscribed on Patreon yet, check us out. Patreon.com slash gauchos. That's also our handle on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Got some good stuff coming your way. So Hopefully, everybody will get on the bandwagon early and join the Discord server as well. All right. Love you guys.
Love y'all.